Are you serious? I'm very serious, Sam. Oh. I'm very serious. You're We're back! Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. And I'm Hannah. And this is Fire the Cannon. So we have something fun for y'all today. We're going to do a quick, like, kind of mini episode just covering the draft, where our boys in burnt orange went, and uh, kind of compare them, some of our bitter rivals, and just see how the conferences match up. So yeah, we're going to talk all things draft, and then we're going to wrap it up with some Texas baseball stuff, which I know Megan's excited about. Um, so ladies, what do you think of the draft? How, how do you feel we fared overall? I've got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't know if, again, that's just like battered fan syndrome, looking at it, where we've just been so, so abysmal in the draft the past few years. Um, It was nice to see some of our guys go. Of course, didn't have a first round draft pick. I think we all anticipated that. No big shock there. Um, But really nice to see uh, a lot of our guys get signed. And quick take for me, I was definitely surprised to see Cosme go before Osai. That was kind of the surprise of the draft for me. Yeah, um, yes and no, because like it just depends on which which pro- mock draft you saw. Like some people had Osai going first, some had Cosme going first, because they were both like within 20 picks of each other within most. Um, I was more surprised that Tejon Graham went before Katie Stearns. That was my surprise of the draft. That was good. I think because offensive tackle is tough to get, that if you can get your hands on something that you think you can build up, I mean, there's lots of linebackers out there and you know Asai is a special talent and we hope he develops with the Bengals but I think you know that you can get an edge guy I think a little quicker than you can get a good offensive tackle and they feel that they could build him up so let's start talking are you like you said uh, Megan Cosme went first Samuel Cosme number 51 in the second round to the Washington football team <laughs> still then- so weird can I just say that like I catch myself every time on that one but yeah well, this was funny. Like, listen to when he got the call from Coach Rivera. Hello? Sam Cosme, please. Yes, this is Sam Cosme. Sam, it's Coach Rivera. How you doing? How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Yeah. You're still on our board, and uh, we're going to take you with our next pick, all right? Are you serious? I'm very serious, Sam. Oh. I'm very serious. You're serious? You... Are you serious? Yeah, you're going to be a Washington football team member, all right? <laughs> You're going to be a Washington football team member. <laughs> You're going to be a member of. Because <laughs> they don't have a mask. The Washington right football team. I, Listen, was I, I, I am 100% fine with the change that they oh, made. Yeah. Oh, of it course. Is awkward... Do you think they need I know a name? It's, it's... Point? Do you think they need a name? A nickname? I... I don't know. I, I just, think they're trying to let it ride out for a little bit. Should they be the I, and members? Should they be the, the members? members. <laughs> even though it's the WFTs, like, the I might not be a Cowboys fan anymore, but I still have that, like, deep-seated disdain for Washington. So, I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me. I think it's better than rushing into figuring out a new mascot. But at some point, yeah, it's going to wear thin. Figure out what the hell your mascot is rather than 
team member. You're a but, member. But guess what? They have figured out that they're going to keep the same team colors. That's all that they've figured out so far. <laughs> they keep keeping yeah. the colors. Congrats to Cosme, despite his coaching. They, oh, they saw enough athletic ability. Okay, so, so Rocky, that was kind of what I wanted to hone in on with Cosme. I was surprised that he went first. I do agree. The position, it is harder to find a tackle. It, there was a bigger need for that in uh, throughout many of the teams in the NFL. But I was surprised, especially late, like leading right up to the draft. Of course, we know that football is a top of mind awareness sort of thing, right? So we were getting all this kind of bad response about Cosme and about his technique and form or lack thereof, which again, we know was a reflection of his former coaches. And the, the, the chatter was he's an incredible talent because despite his lack of coaching up and, and development, he was still making these incredible plays. So it, for me, in my mind, I think that's, that's where I was going. Okay, I can see Osai going higher and faster because Cosme, while yes, is an incredible raw talent, still has a maybe a farther way to go to work on his technique to perform perfect his art and perfect his position but of course happy for him and it just again once more speaks volumes for Cosme's just raw talent and yeah you know we mentioned that we didn't have any first round picks this time which is okay but second round is still very prestigious I mean let's just let's be clear about that that. money in the second round for sure yeah um you know my thing is like why he went maybe first is I, he was already getting like some, like some clout a year ago. So I think guys had like a lot of scouts, like had him on their radar, like a lot longer and maybe that factored in, but you know, still they were 14, I'm sorry, 17 picks apart because Osai went like very early third round. Not too bad. I think, yeah, I'm just glad they both got picked and three plus three more. (laughs) Well, we saw uh, some of Cosme's pro day numbers were off the charts, top of any of not just O-line this year, but O-line historically. So he, the, the athleticism, you know, triggered some, triggered some uh, boards. He got, to go, I think, to a good team, too. Apparently his new O-line coach is Super Bowl experience. Like he has an opportunity to get really coached up and there's not a rush to play him there. So he gets right. some time to develop. Um, like, but you said, um, Hannah, right behind number 69. Yeah. Joseph Osai, let's keep moving on. Joseph Osai, linebacker, number 69 in round three to the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, if you're going to be in Ohio, at least it's the Bengals and not the Browns. I'm just saying. Historically, Uh, the Browns. Well, one's way closer to a Super Bowl, and that would be the Browns right now. That's fair. And listen, as much as I'm going to get booed for saying that, and as much as it makes me want to vomit saying this, Baker Mayfield's had a big impact on that franchise. He's a he good lights a fire for sure. He does. And, is, and I, I still can't stand the dude, but I'll tell you, he's he's done better he's done job at the Browns than I would have anticipated. So should yeah, be pretty it's interesting. It's a good fit for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I hope outside as well. Cincinnati Bengals is, are always a mess. I don't. They're always a mess. There's a reason they had a top always. five pick, right? Yeah. And there's a well, reason. Again, yeah, Osai was the first defensive player off the board for the third round. Um, and a lot of the, the reviews that are coming in as far as, you know, the grades for each pick, everything that I've seen puts this as an A or A-plus pick for Cincinnati. Yeah. So 
you know, it was a smart move for the franchise. I hope he does well. Um, I, I hope he's able to, to develop. Again, he's at an NFL team. He's going to make himself that money. Uh, I think it'll be a good place for him ultimately. Um, and again, he's not really in a position uh, at, at linebacker. He's not in a, a high risk position as far as like getting his head taken off every, you know, by bad protection. He's the guy doing right. the damage. So, you know, ultimately, I think he's going to do well. I don't know that the Bengals will do well, but I think it's a good landing spot for him. Well, let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that he can make a big impact on that defense. <laughs> right. So we knew if it was going to be Cosme Osai, Osai Cosme, somewhere around one, two, really pushing it to three. Osai went top of the third. But the shocking was pick the third pick out of Texas. We were all surprised. TQ, oh, good for him. Yeah, way you know, he's for riding him. the wave of success from Texas D line into the NFL, right? We've even had some undrafted like Puna Ford who really show out and earn their spot. So Texas mm-hmm. DL gets some love from the NFL, and TQ is riding that wave. He, of course, he puts in his own work. One forty-eight, round five with the Atlanta Falcons. Not mm-hmm. known for defense, but he's got a shot. <laughs> Which is probably why they got him. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're also a top five pick with the Bengals. So unfortunately, they didn't go to the best teams. But yeah, well, listen, you don't go early to the teams that are doing the best. Let's just say that. Right. So yeah, the whole setup. I I I see. Like you're supposed to be making your team better with earlier picks. But again, I agree. I think this this kind of caught me off guard. I was super happy for him, but definitely mm-hmm. I would not have said TQ was going to go before like a Stearns or before. Uh, you know, Sammy, Ellinger. right. I, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, I agree. Again, I think that bo- a lot of that boils down to what the teams needed this year. And, you know, again, we talked earlier, defense was definitely lacking at a lot of positions for a lot of teams uh, in the NFL this year. So I think that worked in his favor. Certainly. And again, you can't be mad at the kid for making that money getting picked, you know, 148 overall. So that's, right, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Good for yeah. him. And to be fair, like he won all of four picks <laughs> before Caden Stern, <laughs> but like it just, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching, well, I have it on the background at that point because we're in the later rounds of the draft, but like, I just look up and see, Ooh, take one gram from Texas is going to the Atlanta. But I was like, what? I was like, did I miss Caden? That was honestly my first like reaction <laughs> just because I was sure that Caden was going to get called first. But then, yeah, um, I think they're going to places where they need some help on defense. So they're the likelihood of them starting is probably a little bit better, you know, earlier than later or sooner than rather than later, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but they all say that the bulk of your team is, is chosen or happens comes together during these like mid to late rounds. So right. yeah, there's, they're getting you're the meat and potatoes. Your, your stars win early, but your meat and potatoes are coming. Right. 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 Your meat and potatoes. Right. Nothing right, wrong with meat and potatoes. <laughs> right. We were talking about Caden Stearns. Definitely a meat and potatoes guy, right? A hardworking, hard hitter. Shined his freshman year. Suffered with some shoulder injuries. But he was able to get taken the fifth grant round, number 152. And he's going to Denver Broncos, known for defense, with his buddy PJ Luck. Yay. So I will say, I, if I'm being honest, again, I, I might get a little hate for this. I was a little surprised at seeing Stearns go where he did. And I'm going to say it with this caveat, Texas historically, well, I shouldn't say historically, Texas in the past few years, certainly in the past decade, has been the school of the big name school that has provided a ton of steals for a lot of NFL teams, right? Yes. Some of our guys go undrafted and then they turn out to be these great steals for teams for bargain prices. Yep. 
in my mind, and, and bear with me as I get through this thought, but in my mind, I thought Caden Stearns was going to be that guy for, for, for this draft. Reason being, Rocky, to your point, Stearns started out his freshman year killing it. I mean, he was a beast. He was all over the place. And all he, Big 12, right? Big 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah big freshman 12, of the year. Freshman newcomer. Yeah, like getting all these accolades. And granted, yes, his shoulder injury, fighting that off on and off that definitely set him back. But I personally never felt that he was living up to the bar that he set for himself his freshman year. So as we watched him throughout, again, the injury bug bit up and, you know, jumped up and bit him. No question there. I just felt like the production, the consistency wasn't there and it never quite got back to where the expectation was set his freshman year. So in that sense, I was honestly kind of surprised that he went I, I thought in my mind he was going to be an undrafted free agent and be a steal for any team again I think he'll fit in well his style of play um hard hitting for that cold weather hard hitting absolutely he's going to fit in really really well in Denver I think that's an excellent place for him again PJ Locke and Stearns if Stearns can get more consistent bulk up you know be a bigger dude and keep his quickness fight off that injury bug, he's going to be a nightmare on the field. And I think that's a great deal for Denver, him and Locke together. Love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. But yeah. and just being honest, I was a little surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, I think his productivity, his freshman year definitely was where he earned his merit, but in that, cause they also saw like what this kid's capable of, but yeah, totally agree. Like his productivity, like after his freshman year, it was kind of like, I don't know. I feel like like Colin Johnson like was kind of the same way. He never quite like always waiting for totally lived up to the hype. Yeah, he's either injured or just like just there. You know, yeah. I mean, he's like that's a man amongst children, right? Like you'd see that, and then there would be these droughts, and you're like, well, yeah. So like you just didn't know if it was just coaching or or what. But like, yeah, agree. That said, if he can get into the right system for him, I think he could be like unstoppable yeah and again I I think Denver is that system I I think it fits his style of play well what they're looking for how they attack on defense I think uh Stearns is going to be smart uh in the backfield he's he's got the eyes for it again he tend to show he tend to in my opinion lean on his athleticism sometimes his hips would get out of alignment he his eyes weren't looking in the right place but all of that is fixable certainly on an NFL level I think I think so it's gonna have to put in a lot more work uh, yeah, I agree. But he's never shied away from work. There's no, right. for me, there's no right. worry there. For him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see where his career takes him. And, and I really hope to see him be super productive here. Of course, last but absolutely not least, Sammy. Sam he got, Ellinger. He got, you quarterback. Know, was, Sam Ellinger, quarterback. Quarterback. <laughs> University of Texas. That's right. Round six, 218 to Indy. So... Carson Wentz is there. We know he's the injury-prone QB drama. They say he doesn't leave the locker room, whatever, whatever. Jacob Eason, who was at Georgia and then Washington and now the backup at Indy, they must not be too sure about Jacob Eason if they're bringing in Ellinger. But he has an offensive-minded coach, Coach Reich. And, okay, so Indy is in – this is the bittersweet part. Indy is in the division with my Titans. So we see them <laughs> twice a year. They can the put on some freaking point. They use RPO. They run the ball. They throw the ball. They're creative. Um, I think that's exciting for Sam. I hope this fits him. 
I talked about this last time and, and I, I stand by this. I think Ellinger is going to have an excellent career as a backup quarterback. I think he's got some longevity. He's got a lot of the upsides that teams, that stability, that's football smarts that a lot of teams look for, for their backups. Now I'm standing by that, but I want to add this him ending up at Indy to me, that is where he has almost, I would say the most potential to end up a starter, right? Agreed. Again, yeah. he plays a smart form of football. He can learn a lot. I mean, you look at historically luck, I mean, developed well there, Manning, those aren't always the most, the, the fastest guys or the most aggressive guys, but they were smart quarterbacks. They figured out, they knew the game. I think Sam's style of play and his head for the game fits really well with in the indie scheme and how they coach, right? And physical so, toughness they're going to need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got that physical toughness. He knows how to be the battering ram if he needs it, but he's also working in a system that plays to his strengths versus mm -hmm. forcing him into a place that doesn't necessarily work well for him. Right. And again, Rocky, to go back to your point, Wentz being hurt all the time, you know, wincy Wentz over here, there's a lot of opportunity <laughs> for Sam to step up and step up early. I like it. I like where he ended up. I think he's got, um, he's going to be under some coaches that are going to really understand him and get the most out of him. And like I said, I think Indy is one of the top, if not the top place for him to have the, the best potential for becoming a starter. Right. So I like it. I overall, didn't have I have to play too him. soon. Yeah. Right. right? Give him time. Give him time. That's a Give big job. Acclimate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying time. I want him to start tomorrow. I'm no, saying but I hope he doesn't have to play right away. I hope he gets time to learn the system, yeah. get bigger. I mean, he's a big dude. Here, let's listen to his getting the call that he's going to Indy. Hello? Hello? Hi, Sam. Yes, this is Sam. Sam, this is the Indianapolis Colts. Hang on, I'm going to transfer you to our GM, Chris Ballard. Awesome. Wow, well, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. Awesome. Really excited to have you. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait. I appreciate it. Congratulations to your family. I'm looking forward to getting to meet you and getting to know you. No doubt. I can't wait. I appreciate you. So, congratulations. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, side note, his mom with the guns. Oh my God, her arms and shoulders look so good. Side She's note, hot, like, and oh, she looks so good. She's so beautiful. Okay, she is. So side okay. note. Anyway, there it is. Me number 218. Love it. All right, so how about we draft into, jump into those undrafted free agents, uh, okay. have some takes on that. What were your right. thoughts? Do you think they're steals? They're going to be busts? They're going to do well? What are your thoughts on our undrafted guys? I don't want to be negative, but- Tariq Black to the Colts. I know he's going to have Sammy throwing him on third string practice, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see, he didn't do enough this past year when a super senior year. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see Tariq Black doing panning out. Um, okay. <laughs> Brennan Eagle is going to a super loaded wide receiver core undrafted to Dallas. Thoughts on that? <laughs> I've got so many thoughts on Brennan Eagles. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we, he's the guy that was like, when we all found out that he was going early, we were like, why? Like, 
do you really feel like you have enough film or just to have enough anything to go in now? And now, especially that we've had a new coaching staff change and like Steve Sarkeesian, who's known for his explosive offenses, like, dude, he could have been the go-to guy this year. He could have so benefited from an extra year, especially under Sark. And he decided to go to the NFL. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that he went an undrafted, talk undrafted free agent and he's going to have his work cut out for him in Dallas because, like you said, they are loaded. They've got so many weapons there. Marty so Cooper, be- Gallup, C.D. Lamb. I mean, that's those are three fairly young guys that are, he's going to have, and they're playing well. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Thoughts? Yes. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. I I thought that he really could have benefited from another year uh, and a different <laughs> under some different coaching, uh, some coaching that historically has had a lot of success on offense. Uh, I definitely think Eagles was another one of those guys that we see the flashes from, right? He'd make this incredible play and, and we'd all be stunned and he'd go for 60 yards and a touchdown. And then the next time it was thrown to him, he'd get brick hands. Right. So I, I think, I think consistency would have helped him more. And I think it would have boosted his, his prospects for next year. Uh, that being said, Texas is pretty solid at wide receiver. And I don't know that, again, I don't know that this bodes well for draft prospects, but he was going to have to be fighting it out with, with a lot of other guys uh, at Texas. So I think for him to go to, to get signed is great. I, I, Rocky, I have to agree with you. I think Dallas is going to be a difficult place for him to stand out as a wide receiver. So I think what Brennan needs to do and, and, would be smart to do as most of the smart ones know he's got to go and ball out on special teams, right? That's where he's going to prove himself. That's where he's going to really show he's a big dude. He he's Mm -hmm. a big guy. Now that won't have as much of an impact when you get up to the NFL level. Um, but he, he's a big dude and he's fast, right? We know Mm -hmm. that he was a sprinter and a jumper in high school. Um, and he can be real explosive. We've seen that he can break away, but He's not always the smartest route runner. He's not always, you know, he doesn't always develop fast enough in his routes. So again, I think where he's going to be able to stay on the team is really proving himself on special teams. That's that's the only way. Right. That's a good take. Chris Brown hasn't gone anywhere yet. Um, That's a surprise. Going into last season, there was NFL talk about him. He's got the frame. He's got the... Uh, skill set but he's still as of right now Monday afternoon we haven't heard where if he signed anywhere as an undrafted free agent but Shane Bouchelle former Texas quarterback is going to KC to work with Andy Reid behind Patrick Mahomes thoughts I don't I don't know if that's a fit for him what do you think listen I'm happy for Boo I'm glad he ended up at KC I think again he's he's a smart player what I find funny and football is such a freaking crazy sport that Shane Bouchelle led Texas Longhorn teams beat Patrick Mahomes. There is no question with that. Right. And now he's going to the NFL to learn under Super Bowl winning Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta love sports. You gotta love football. I think it'll be a good fit for how he plays. I think he can, uh, he and Mahomes can, can learn well. And again, I think one of Casey's strengths is that they don't force players into a scheme. Right. Right. They they play to the players' strengths and they work around the players' strengths. And again, I think Bouchelle will benefit from that. 
But yeah, let's not kid ourselves. He's going to be a backup for a while. Mahomes mm-hmm. ain't going anywhere in case he ain't getting rid of him. So I think it'll be a good learning experience for him. Uh, and again, ultimately, I see Bouchelle much like I see Sammy. I think he's got a lot of potential as a career backup. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a Sunday starter necessarily, but I do think he can learn a lot at KC. Kind of like a Garrett Gilbert in recent days. Yeah, right? yeah. Go get your rings on the on the bench. That's fine. Just get them. <laughs> so, um, speaking of quarterbacks drafted from Texas, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that Sam was the first quarterback drafted from Texas since uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, since Colt McCoy. That's that's a big drought. It was yeah. a big drought, and it's I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I mean, we've had we have quarterbacks who've gone on to the NFL, like Swoop, right. oh, yeah. that he went as tight end. All right, so but we talk about like Sam Ellinger all the way dropped to two eighteen and and what a bust or things like that. Like that's crazy. So if you go to that's league league side leagueside.com, there's one point one million high school football players. Of those, 71,000 or 6% will play in college. And of those, 1% will get drafted. So 853 out of a million. Yeah. Have a, get, of those million football players have, will get drafted in the NFL. So to be 218 from the million of high school football players, that's pretty amazing. So I all the love to anybody who – gets their name called in the NFL draft, even if you're drafted or or just signed, man. Yeah, fine. If you get to put on an NFL uniform, you're now officially a professional football player. That will be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So you love to see it. So I got to bring this up, you know, because we aren't able to play the game because some teams simply can't find time in their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, AM, let's talk about it. We talked a little bit about Mond uh, on our last podcast prior to the draft. Right. What do you all think about where Mond ended up? And then, of course, we got to get into the AM versus Texas. What are your takes on that? He's going to the Vikings, right? Right. Third round. Third yep. round. Um, Number 66. Quite honestly, like, I. I think he's got as good of a chance as any. And there's nothing that sticks out to me about that pick other than certain analysis like to say, oh, that was the steal of the draft or whatever. I mean, like, I, I don't hate the guy. We talked about that last week. But, like, I mean, we'll just see what happens. I'm really glad that we got a pick before they did. Maybe two picks. Kirk Cousins, he's going to be behind Kirk. Listen, okay, so he could my, my Michigan State alum here. Don't you blaspheme that way. But, yeah. Listen, Kirk Cousins. The fact that I didn't even remember he was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, listen, he did bring. There's the nothing back. exciting about the Minnesota Vikings. Let's just be clear right now. Yeah, <laughs> okay, they, last they, year. Yeah, Cousins, Cousins, has bounced around. Cousins has bounced around. You know, he yes. was with Washington for Washington, a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, he had a solid, solid, great. I mean, really, he took Michigan State to, he went to the playoffs. Again, with Michigan State, you wouldn't think it. Uh, Cousins did well. In, in college, it hasn't really translated consistently for the NFL, but he's getting a lot more starts than others are. And as it sits right now, he is the starting quarterback, has been since 2018 for, for Minnesota. So there's that. I know that Minnesota also has uh, Jake Browning and then Kellen Mond. So listen, I know, and then I think Stanley too is another backup there. So it, as far as where Mond could have landed, 
I think this is another Ellinger situation, right? Like yep, he's got some guys learn. in front of him that he can learn from and potentially get, you know, he could be in that battle in the next couple of years for the starting quarterback because there aren't any franchise insane quarterbacks in front yeah. of him. So, um, you know, overall, again, I, I don't understand the Kellen Mond hate other than the fact that he went to AM. I think he's a, a I wish him well. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, not only well, I hope I hope he has success. He's always seemed like a, a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. And you know, I think Minnesota's a good place for him to land. So, good luck, Kellen Mond. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you went behind our guys though. All right. So let's let's real quickly. Um, so the draft is over and the schools with the most draft picks, Bama and Ohio State. They both had 10. Bama rode round one with one, two, three, six round one picks, most of those on offense. Ohio State, 10, and then nine picks each, Georgia and Notre Dame, and then eight picks each, Florida and Michigan. So good to see Michigan did all that with all that NFL Listen, draft Michigan talent. Came out of it. I mean, I no, swear not- God, Harbaugh's job is like forever. Uh, people are miserable with him. It, they're unhappy. Wolverine fans are unhappy with him. But to get eight players, I mean, that's, that's bananas for a team that didn't produce really? like crazy last year. So, I mean, good on it for them. It definitely is still a stark contrast to where Texas should be. Right. right. I, right. I'm proud. I'm happy that we made some steps, even struggling at times like we did last year with our record. So I'll give this. That's a testament to the talent that Tom Herman brought in and still a couple of Charlie's guys, but did enough with them to get noticed and picked up. I think the ceiling is much, much higher for Texas. Um, you know, are we going to touch Nick Saban productivity every year? Maybe not, but I got to say, man, most like Rocky, you pointed out, most of those players were on offense. That's a product of Sark. And right? we have yeah. their, their old offense coordinator. And basically their office and staff, <laughs> lots of upside for us. All right. Definitely. One last thing before we move on from the draft. Is that cool? One last thing. Yeah. yeah. Go, All right. Way, 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 way too early 2022 <laughs> draft. And this is going to break your heart, Megan, because it's already predicted that the number one and number two picks are going to go to Houston and Detroit. <laughs> Listen, your teams are going to be awful. You know what? Listen, that's fine. <laughs> we need them. We're terrible. There's no question, but I'm going to guarantee you that Houston will find some way to fuck that up and piss away their first, you know, one of their first picks for like a soggy sock and like a dude that's got a broken leg. There's oh, no, let me tell you me. who they're going to take. Yeah. Well, again. the way too early pick is they go with Spencer Rattler. They took a cute quarterback just now, but they're going to go with Spencer Rattler and your Detroit Lions are going to take a DN from Oregon. Detroit, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, that I have no problem with that kind of projection. I still am standing by my bitter Texans take that we will find a way to piss, piss away that first round pick simply because our GM and our front office is so inept. I mean, we trade away our best players for terrible trades. The funny know. thing is that they're projecting your two teams to be the two worst. Sorry, okay, girl. Listen, <laughs> this is my NFL life. This, again, Detroit went 0-16 at one point. Nothing you can say can hurt me. I am impervious to pain. <laughs> All right. Another quick point that I wanted to show you from the way too early. QB Sam Howell, which is North Carolina, Mac Brown's quarterback. He's predicted to go in the top 10 next year. 
And Arkansas, because we're going to go play at Arkansas. Texas plays at Arkansas, right, in September. Look yep. out for their wide re- their wide receiver, Traylon Burks. He's projected yeah. a top 15 pick. And then three Aggies are predicted in the top first round next year. DeMarvian Leal, uh, Leal, Kenyon Green, so O-line, D-line. And then their tight end, Weidermeyer. So they have three <laughs> players projected round one next year. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think the Aggies are developing they're recruiting better than they have in a long time and they're yeah. developing talent. Certainly they're, they're, I'm not going to call them competitive in the sec. Cause I still see them as a mid-level team right now, but they do have some players that are starting to shine. I have no problem with that. You know, my only comment on the, the Arkansas wide receiver is Arky has not been a very good team lately. They're in a really tough conference. Obviously they've been in a tough division. Yeah. for a while. So in a sense, it's almost easier for a big fish to stand out in a really shitty team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like sure. not discrediting. I do think. Well, I mean, he good. still has got to have some solid measurable talent for them no to doubt. project him in the yeah. top 15. And look, I'm not taking away from that. I agree Rocky with what you were saying. We need to be on that and paying attention right now. I think I'm going to take the positive view that we haven't seen Sark come in and we haven't seen a Sark led team from Texas yet. I think a lot of that can change. I know we're talking way too early, right? But I do think Texas has some solid talent that has a lot of potential uh-huh. living under that that extra year under Sark, right? Some of the COVID guys and then some of the talent that he's bringing in. Yeah. I think we see some Texas teams go on. I, I'd like to see the 2021 draft as a building block and a foundation for Texas to get back to prominence. And I do think we're going to see some of, again, that's my way too early, but still positive outtake on the 2022 draft. Oh, I agree. I would just say maybe we're still a year away, a draft away from round one talent. Yeah. I don't know who's coming out next year that I would say is a round one right now. No, um, all right. So anything else you want to add before we wrap up draft talk? Because we got baseball, Megan. Baseball, we got to talk about baseball. baseball. Listen, I love me some baseball. We all know that. I won't linger on this too much. I know... Uh, yeah, I, I tend to blab on about baseball. Uh, Texas took on a really, really tough uh, tech team. Tech came in always hating Texas like they do. Uh, tech came out swinging and took the first game. It was, yeah, I got to say, our, our pitching looked okay, uh, but Tech just, we had about the same amount of hits. Tech was just getting those plays to, to drop, those balls to drop where they needed them to. And they capitalized on the hits uh, in that first game. One thing I did notice about Tech, they adjusted, they scouted Texas really well. Texas has lived and been very successful this year with, we've got some hitters are are hitting 100% has improved this year over previous years. But I noticed that Tech brought in, and I got to appreciate Robert Agnor for this, like my dude with, with Orange Bloods, we were talking about this, he's mentioning Tech brought in their players a lot. They they left the infield. They had the infield play a little bit shorter than they normally would. And that was cutting off a lot of Texas's success with those infield singles or doubles. They were able to get to the ball and make the play faster. And that was a huge difference in that first game on Friday, uh, was noticing that. As far as Saturday came out, uh, you know, again, I don't think this is a spoiler for anybody. Texas <laughs> dropped the series. Uh, we lost the second game. Now, I stand by this. I will die on this mohill. I think that the rain delay won that series for Oh, yeah. Um, where the rain came in, yeah. 
Tech had some really, really solid pitching on Friday. Uh, then they came in on Saturday, got some good pitching, and they started off pretty strong. Texas had a miserable couple of innings. We just, we let uh, three, I think it was fourth and fifth inning, or maybe fifth and sixth. We, we let it go, and Tech really racked up some points there. But after Tech got through their starting pitcher for Saturday, their bullpen was not strong, and they were making some mistakes. And Texas, right when that rain was coming in, man, we had a, we, bases loaded. We had a pitcher on the ropes. He was, he was losing it. We were in his head. He was throwing walk. I mean, I want to say, and I'm sure Kevin Dunn is going to yell at me because this isn't going to be exact, but I think at one point, right before they cut off the game and delayed it, he had pitched 10 pitches and eight of those were balls. It might've even been more than that. He ended up walking two players in to score bases loaded. We were up with two outs and we had all the momentum. Then they, they put in the rain delay. Then they announced that we're going to finish the game on Sunday. And that saved the series for Tech because we lost all that momentum. Tech was able to change out their pitcher. He didn't have anybody warming up in the bullpen on Saturday when this pitcher was just completely melting down. Um, so really getting to regroup, Texas losing the momentum and them getting to put in a new pitcher, really, uh, that was a huge momentum swing. So Texas came back on Sunday. Uh, they look good. I think there is no doubt. Coobs uh, came out and just had a really poor, I think it was third of an inning that he pitched. Um, and Stevens came in right behind him. And man, he had, no, I'm sorry, not Stevens. It was Hanson. Came in behind, sweet Pete. Came Is in behind. Is going to be the new Sunday starter now? Listen, that's my take. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hanson really had this Herculean effort. He pitched well. Uh, I mean, he was lights out. I think he, until the, you know, until any crazy changes, I think he earned himself. I don't think we see sweet Pete on Tuesdays anymore. I think he's our Sunday starter. Nice. going to be relegated to that. So unfortunate Texas drops, uh, drops the series to tech. The rankings came out today, right? Yeah. Today. Yeah. They really punished Texas. They, yeah, they, they, dropped us, they dropped us from number three, all the way down to number nine, which I think is way that's too a bit hard. extreme. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a really tough, especially all the, the weather factors going into it. That does mean that, uh, you know, we see Texas State on Tuesday. Rocky, I know you're going to be torn on that. Um, but then we go into Fort Worth this weekend, and this is do or die for Texas. We have to take at least two of the games, if not sweep series, for Texas to really stay competitive for a regional. Right. And we all know TCU, <laughs> their history is absolutely hating Texas. So that's going to be a really, really tough test on the road. Um, we follow that up with a bye week the next weekend, uh, and then Texas finishes out the regular season against West Virginia at home uh, after that bye weekend. So we're definitely at the tail end of the season, and it's really time for Texas to show up and, and show that we can rebound from, from a heartbreaking series loss uh, and, and move on and move forward. This is very much, in my opinion, a, a team that can make a, a College World Series run and maybe even a deep run. I'm, I'm confident with that, but we really got to show up in Fort Worth and uh, put it to them early and put it to them often. So I'm thinking we can do that. Well, looking at the weather for the weekend in Fort Worth, mid eighties, windy Saturday, warmer on Sunday. Weather shouldn't be the, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the shouldn't the deal breaker. For sure. <laughs> Great equalizer. Right. But Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the series, and I know that I will be glued to my TV watching that. So, 
Yes, you will. <laughs> Great <laughs> job, ladies. We killed it. We smashed through all of our takes on the draft. I hope somebody learned something new from the about the draft from us today. Great conversation. Oh Go ahead, Anna. Can I say something real quick and then yeah. we can sign off? Okay, so it occurred to me today that I was like, dang it, it is May the 3rd right now like this off season is flying by wow it goes by so much quicker when there's sports to watch <laughs> and i mean the football off season of course but like like whoa okay we're already done with basketball now we're like getting into the thick of it with baseball and it's already may 3rd oh yay speaking of sports to watch congrats sam houston state university for beating may north dakota state university in the yay. playoffs yeah. that's awesome i love it well yeah and i got it listen i know i'm a little different in this sense like I love baseball. So I get all the way through June and then I go, oh, I don't know. What's no. And then it does. But then it's your birthday and we're in Mexico. So <laughs> yeah, right. No, it'd be great. Get a little bit of hockey in there. But yeah, it's definitely you get that itch for football. But love to see it. I definitely I'm very excited. I'm more excited about Texas sports than I have been in a very long time. So I think things are looking up on the 40 acres and we just got to get the big three, you know, Clicking. producing and, and living up to the level of talent that we have. And I think we're in a good position. So yay, hook em. yay positivity. <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. Well, thanks again for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe. We are fire the cannon. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast channels that includes Apple anchor, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're there. We'd love it. If you subscribe. So for now, we're signing off on this special draft edition. I'm Megan. I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky, and this is Fire the Cannon.